If you have ever wanted to up your professional game and you see these podcasters or YouTubers with these epic backgrounds and you're like, not quite sure how to design yours or what to do with yours or how to look professional, I have got a guess for you. I have had so many clients come to me where as we start to do the transformational work on the inside, the external transformation starts to ensue and the external environment ends up having to change, whether that means that they become a little bit more professional or they want to zhuzh up their background or something or they want to just appear congruent with what they have going on on the inside along with the outside. And that is why I have referred so many of my clients to Shelly Golden founder and CEO of Shelly Golden Style. She is a professional stylist who works with not only styling you for the stage so that you can improve your confidence and authority and credibility, but also that credibility when you are on Zooms for a long time during the day, whether you're in person or on screen, it has to translate as well. And if you have bikes hanging behind you or like your kids like you know, as lovely as they are, your kids' designs maybe that may not be in alignment with your professional buttoned up business <laughs> business uh, persona, whatever it is, you want to make sure that who you are on the inside is translating into your style and who you're expressing yourself on the outside, whether that's in person or on a Zoom. And so in this episode, this is one that I will also highly recommend that you watch on our YouTube channel. We do put these episodes up in video format on our YouTube channel. And this is definitely one that you can listen to while you're doing the things, make your notes, and then go watch the YouTube channel version, which we'll leave in the description, because you will see what Shelly is talking about in this episode to a whole new degree. And if you learn, like me, through a visual representational system where you need to see the visuals, then this is going to be incredibly valuable for you to listen to this podcast episode, absorb, kind of get that picture in your mind, and then go get the references of the pictures of like what Shelly is talking about. So I encourage you to enjoy this podcast episode. Take notes if you are not driving or doing something else, or if you have the moment to make a quick little like note in your notes on your iPhone and make a note to go watch this on YouTube so that you can get that visual reference guide. Shelly has been an executive presence, image consultant, and fashion stylist for 20 years in Chicago, Amsterdam, and San Francisco. She is now based in San Francisco in Silicon Valley and has a keen eye to help her clients improve their confidence and credibility and create an image that sets them apart both online and off. I am so excited to bring you this interview with a woman that I have referred to so many clients. And with that, I give you Shelly Golden. Welcome to the Communication Queens podcast for the visionary leaders, speakers, service providers, and podcasters who are looking to stand out sharing their story. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, former screenwriter turned master communications coach. On this podcast, I'll be coaching you on how to share your own transformation story so that you increase your visibility, influence, and income on podcast interviews. Let's get your voice heard. I am so excited to be here with you and our guest, Shelly Golden who has already been 
correcting my Airbnb backdrop. <laughs> like, I was so excited, Shelly, to have you on. I was like, I'm going to have the Zoom makeover queen on my podcast. I have to have a proper backdrop, even though I am recording from our Airbnb in Austin, Texas, in a little modular home. And so I was pulling everything that I could based off of just our conversations that we've had of having a piece of art and having a plant and having these these little pieces. And Shelly's already been adjusting the background for me, just giving me some guidance on that. And so Shelly, first of all, before we dive into the details, I'd love to know what got you in to specifically Zoom makeovers? You're so brilliant at it. <laughs> oh, you know, it's one of those funny things that I didn't think about it. It just happened. So here's the story. Two weeks before like California shut down. I live in California. Those other states shut down as well. I went to my last in-person networking lunch. And at that lunch, I met a woman and she's like, hey, let's do a workshop together. And I thought, sure, let's do a workshop together. I can do that. Well, our first day to talk about it was the day California closed. It's like, oh, well, I guess it's not going to be an in-person workshop. And I said, well, I could help people look good and feel confident in, on their, in their Zoom box. It's only for six weeks. And we ended up having a three workshops with 200 people signing up. And I realized, wow, people really are getting value out of this. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to just run with it. And so I created this five-step process. So camera and camera angle, lighting, sound, background, what color clothing works best on you in your space, and even Zoom-specific makeup techniques. Because I've always been in the I help you look good business. So I'm just continuing that. I help you look good business in your little Zoom box. So that's kind of, that's how it started. And I, you you have worked with some of my clients as well, helping them zhuzh up their Zoom box. And so what is the first thing when you're looking at the Zoom box? Because you said camera and camera angle. Mm -hmm. Do you find, what is the biggest problem that you see most people have when they start their Zooming? Is it lack of light? Is it camera? It's basically a combination. So lighting is the most important thing. You know, if, if you're not well lit, it's hard to hard for people to see you, hard for them to engage with you. Uh, and then how do you build trust and credibility if they can't really see your eyes, right? And, you know, that's kind of the, the, the magic of in-person. So I try to create this, what feels like you're just sitting on the other side of the table having a conversation. So lighting is the most important thing. And also, I try, I mean, there's lots of little details, but I look at the whole thing as a painting. I lived in Amsterdam for 10 years. And one of the things that I was lucky enough to do when I lived in Amsterdam was study European artists and the Dutch masters in particular. So when they're creating their paintings like Rembrandt and Vermeer, why is it that everybody looks at the same spot on the painting first? And then your eye, everybody's eye kind of goes to this second spot. So that's what I try to do. I try to create a center focus which happens to be your eyes, so that everything in the painting, which is your Zoom box, is focusing in and angling and pointing to your eyes. So then that's where people are looking, and if they can't see your eyes because the lighting's not good, 
then there's distractions. So I try to eliminate the distractions. And the eyes are the window to the soul. So, I mean, that's how they are. How we build trust is by looking at people in the eyes. And so one of the things that, I mean, from from my background training and on camera acting from decades ago, um, the so many people mistake looking at themselves versus actually looking and communicating with the camera with that challenge because sometimes we either like to see ourselves or we like to look like we're we like to look like we're looking at the person but sometimes we forget that there is the camera is actually three inches higher well, how do we adjust in our zoom box to accommodate for that aside from just like looking awkwardly at, in into the camera when we want to look at the person it's a that's a great question and it's really simple it some people might find it a little bit distracting but it actually helps you focus and helps helps people focus on you because it feel it makes them feel like you're looking at them so if you have your entire zoom window opened up to your entire computer or tablet screen mm-hmm. you're looking at this entire screen so personally i have a big monitor sitting on my desk but what i have and i have a separate Logitech camera on top of my monitor. So that sets the stage. I have a big monitor with a camera set on top. I would say half the people who are Zooming have a monitor with a camera perched on top. But the trick is, it feels like you're looking at the camera, is take your entire Zoom window and make it one-sixth in size directly under the camera. So that so the whole zoom window is only taking up a uh, this top center one sixth of your whole monitor, whether it's your entire laptop screen, your tablet screen. So this forces you to look top center, which is directly under your camera. So it's really difficult to discern whether you're looking at the camera one inch lower at yourself and two inches lower at the person. It's not as though you've got six inches between the camera and the person like on the left. That's when you're when you're when you really have to move your eyes more than just a little bit. That's when the distortion and the um, the the feeling that it's not like you're not looking in the camera is happening. Mm. Shelley, I think one of the things that I just love about you and the work that you do is that you are so fastidious when it comes to the details. And it's these micro adjustments that when you make them, make the macro completely different. Like I literally, I just moved my Zoom for recording this and I already feel the difference and the difference in connection by just not having you blown up completely all over my screen and having you up higher. I Oh, did you change it? I, I just changed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very coachable. I take immediate advice. <laughs> I love it. You can see immediately your eyes are now only moving in this very tiny little area. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can feel the difference in my eyes too. Yeah. Right. So even if you're looking at yourself or you're looking at me, it doesn't really matter. Your eyes still are more or less within the same area. So, so that's, that's how to help get people to focus on you. Another way to get people to focus on your eyes is, um, it's a combination of two different things. One, 
you could actually put on glasses that have a contrasting colored frame to your face. So don't wear like rimless glasses or kind of silver or gold. Uh, if you actually have a contrast frame, which is very fashionable right now, it helps people focus in on you so that it creates a bullseye. If you don't wear glasses, I'm I'm trying to bring up a, um, if you can let me share my screen so that you could see what I'm looking at. Uh, if you do not wear glasses, you want to have your eyebrows be defined, whether that's with an eyebrow pencil. Mm -hmm. So give them a bullseye, give them a place to create the top part of the bullseye so that people have a place to look. So either pencil in your eyebrows or there's also zoom eyebrows, uh, which you can- uh, Can you with your eyebrows here? <laughs> the eyebrows. So I oh, actually just, so Kimberly can see, um, I put up an image of a woman wearing glasses without a frame versus a woman wearing glasses with a very distinctive contrasting colored frame. and. We also changed her, uh, tweaked her background and her clothing. And the but, clothing and the angle of the camera as well. Yes. And so it's little tiny tweaks. But when you're looking at this woman specifically, we're talking about glasses here. Mm -hmm. like you, you, you look right at her eyes because it's like, oh, I could see where your eyes are. You're telling them this is where I want you to look. Oh, I love that, Shelley. And then I think when it comes to painting that picture around as far as what we're create what you create inside the zoom box um i mean like i said literally when i hopped on i told shelly i said i'm in an airbnb i did the best that i could with our backdrop <laughs> and but i wanted i have the zoom queen coming on i gotta i gotta have it look good and she was like move this picture over here and i loved that you explained the difference because i had i originally had the horse picture over on this side so there was a lot of white blending but then you said move it over here and it does frame my head better so looking at that the those tiny details what are the common mistakes that you see most people make outside of the frame and where their eyeballs go and um, their their eyes. What are the other co most common mistakes that you see with people's Zoom boxes? Okay, one of the 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 top mistake that I see that is the easiest to correct is you want to have your head literally a couple inches from the top of the Zoom box. You want to have your chest showing. You don't want to just have your face being a floating head at the bottom of the box. You want people to see your head, your neck, your shoulders, and your chest. For women, I say kind of above the nipple line. Uh, men can actually go down to their diaphragm. And the reason you want this much body showing, so as much as possible, so it just looks like we're sitting on the other side of the table having a conversation, so that they can read your body language because mm -hmm. that's the biggest difficulty that creates zoom fatigue is if we can't reach read other people's body language we're actually using more cognitive energy to try to figure out what it is that they're actually saying 
If you can't see somebody's foot tapping and leg moving and their fingers moving, you can't see if they're nervous, if they're calm, if they're creating power poses the way they're sitting with their hands and their legs. But if at least if they could see your upper chest, they can read more of your body language. So keep your head like literally like an inch or two. I have a little trick on how to position yourself. Ooh. So I'll I'll talk the listeners through. Yeah. If you take your hands and make like a like I pledge allegiance pledge. Um if you take your hand like that, squish your fingers together. Now keep your finger your palm facing the camera, put it smack down top of your head. Now if you could see a couple fingers in the zoom picture and a couple fingers out of the zoom picture you're in a good position. If you see your entire hand and then some, bring the camera down, angle it further down to cause your head to appear higher up. I think that also, I mean, because you speak to communication, I love that you mentioned that it takes more cognitive processing power for us to be able to read somebody because 55% of our communication is physiological. And when you can see the top, like what you just said made so much sense from uh, my NLP coaching perspective, because then you can see the chest and you can see how we breathe. And so it's completely an unconscious process. But when you see someone breathing and you see their lungs, like if they're getting nervous, like you can see that and you can feel that from somebody, but you don't see that if it's just like, like they're not You're like they're decapitated. <laughs> like right. you don't see that. I call those floating heads. You know, it's like a yeah. floating head just above the box. Yeah, but you can actually get into deeper rapport with somebody because unconsciously we are reading each other's body language and especially our breathing patterns. And you can see if someone's more stressed or if they're tired or if they're, you know, like just kind of letting go a bit because of how they're breathing. And you see that if you're up from the the, the nipples up. Right, right. And and the reality is, the whole thing is, what sets you apart from the guy in the Zoom box next to you? You know, that that's the whole question. If they could see you, if they could get some feeling out of you, if they could, if you create trust and credibility because they could see you, they could hear you, you're, they could see your face, you're well lit, they could see your eyes, they could read your lips. I, I often say to women, wear lipstick. Mm. because it creates the bottom part of that upper bullseye. Your eyebrows and glass frames create the upper part of the bullseye and your lips create the bottom part of the bullseye so people can read your lips. Uh Zoom lipstick. So there's Zoom eyebrows and Zoom lipstick. So I often have people put Zoom lipstick on just ever so slightly to give them, I did with, your client, Kelpa, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, uh, she doesn't normally wear lipstick, but we put a little bit of Zoom lipstick on her just to give a little definition from her lips to, again, create a bullseye point for people to look at so people can read her lips and it helps with all the cognitive additional work. It just makes it easier. I never would have thought that lipstick, I never would have put it together, but it makes so much sense now that you said it, that 
lipstick would help create the decreased cognitive strain. Who knew? (laughs) I mean, it's it's all the funny thing is, is all these tiny little things. But once you all those little pieces are in place, you know, it's like think of it like a television set, you know, or or I'm thinking of this as a painting. All the little details should support the main event. It should tell the story, the branding, who you are, what message you want to get across. Are you a cluttered person? Are you a clean and neat person? If hypothetically you create websites for people and you have a really cluttered house, well, maybe you're, if you're talking to somebody for an initial conversation, they might think, oh, that person doesn't have the simplicity in general that I'm looking for. So you need to tell your story with your branding in a way that feels comfortable. That most importantly does not have distractions. So what are distractions? I was just about to ask you that. What a question. I'm so glad you asked. So so distractions are things that will pull your eye away from the other person's eye. Mm. Such as um, I came on to this um, podcast with Kimberly and she has a, 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 I guess it's a a image of a horse. There's a horse. It's a horse. There's a horse and a skull. <laughs> and then there's a skull yeah. underneath. But we've got an image of the horse. And one of the distractions is sometimes when there's another face or there's other eyes, those are distractions. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, I sat at my dining room table and I have a one of my favorite paintings. It's a I got it in Vietnam. I call it my Vietnamese princess. And it was distracting because there were two eyes also in addition to my two eyes and Mm -hmm. said it was distracting. It's like, oh, which face am I looking at? Even though they know it's a painting, but it's distracting. Another thing that's distracting is reflections, reflections on glass, diplomas, certificates. Nobody can read them anyhow. Uh, Artwork that has glass, distractions. Sometimes shiny jewelry is distraction. Sometimes men's bald heads are, there's there's reflections off of their the top of their head because they don't have any hair. Yeah. Sometimes if there's a light above their head and it's shining on their forehead, it looks like a distraction because it looks like a headlight. So you got to powder it a little bit? Or we diffuse the light. Okay. Uh, either we turn the light off, we angle it differently, or I put like a, you can put like a little cover over it uh, to diffuse some of the light. So since light is one of the most important factors, and I know that from from my you know background in, in Hollywood early on, the key thing is key backfill. <laughs> like, so of, of creating light. Do you think in terms of lighting like that, or is there additional lighting? Is, is really that, that key light the most important? How do you think of, of the luminosity of, of your painting that you create? Uh, well, just like a painting, you have a foreground, a midground, and a background. So yes, that is absolutely vital. Like, what is your background? Is it too light? Is it too dark? Do you have dark furniture? Do you have light furniture right now? If you're looking, 
as the sun. I have a new sofa. For some reason, it's just appearing really neon white, even though I have my blinds completely closed. I am in a perfect, in a, not a dark room, but it, my blinds are closed completely on a, on a sliding glass door. But back to the point of backlight, uh, I am sitting with, at my computer. I have a monitor and it's against the wall. Mm-hmm. Behind me, on the other side of my living room, I have a brown Chinese wooden cabinet, which I have a spotlight on. And I was going to ask, is there an additional light on that? Because that's what it looks like. Right. So if I did not have a spotlight on this dark cabinet behind me, it would look like a really dark cabinet. And I have dark hair. It's my skin. So I would not pop in as in the foreground of my painting, because I'm creating a painting. I would blend in with the background. So it's very important to differentiate the foreground. And I don't want to get too technical on this, but yes, lighting in the back makes a big difference. What color painting is behind you? What color is the wall behind you? That all makes a difference. Yeah. So obviously having some sort of contrast between your hair color, your skin color, and the backdrop behind you so that you you pop and you stand out center stage. Correct. That's right. So in this journey of how you've come to to specialize in a very particular niche of Zoom makeovers, it's been a journey, though, to get here. And it seems like you also have a lot of travel influence that has influenced all the different style that you bring to the table and influences also what you do with your clients. Yes. So... I am fourth or fifth generation in the fashion and clothing business. So it's always always been there. You know, I, as a little girl, I couldn't go out if I didn't look good, according to my mom, because I was, I called myself her little FIT, her little fashionista in training. So, you know, I, I started from a pretty early age. I actually studied textiles in college. So, you know, how, what, how do things feel and how do, you, how do they lay and how do they, how do they show up in art? I designed costumes for theater. I used to teach history of costume at a fashion design school. I am a certified color consultant doing color palettes for people's clothing, branding, business colors, interior colors, um, which really creates a, you need a really keen eye for that. But keep in mind, I did really great in geometry in school. Algebra was not my friend. Geometry, I could see the shapes and, you know, if you have color differentiation, I, that was easy. You know, algebra was a completely different story. But um, just going back, yeah, so I also, I lived in Amsterdam for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough when I lived there to, I, I actually joined the American Women's Club. And one thing that they did every single month is they hired an art docent to take us to an art exhibition, architectural walking tours, little villages. And I really, really learned about European art and Dutch Dutch artists in particular, including Rembrandt and Vermeer. And, and how is it that you're, again, that your eye starts in one position and then moves to a different position? Another thing that they use that I use when I am, doing Zoom makeovers, I also have been creating custom branded virtual backgrounds, Mm -hmm. is 
they use subliminal lines. And that's what I was actually using with Kimberly when before we started the interview podcast. Oh, my goodness. As she mentioned, she had this painting with a white background next to the white door. But I wanted to balance out the white so that she was between the two pieces of white so that she would stand out and be framed by the two white pieces, which you are. And you actually appear more in the foreground and, you you know, as if you were like position yourself between white, two white bookshelves. You know, you, you're, you're framing yourself. So I take all of that and put it together and it actually just comes pretty damn easy to me. Once the eyes go to the eyes, where else do they go on the painting? Well, it depends what you want them to see. Do you want mm-hmm. them to see your mouth? Do you want them to see your clothing? Do you want them to see your background? Do you want them to see your logo on your possibly virtual background? Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can look at as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I just did for, I don't know if, if any of the viewers can actually see this, but- Yeah, we can see you've suddenly become a lawyer. So if, yeah. and if you're not listening to this on YouTube, then definitely go watch this interview on YouTube because there are tons of visual references. And I know I said this in the beginning, but I want to make sure that this is like that you- if you're listening to this midway, you're like, what is she seeing? Definitely go on to YouTube, watch this on YouTube because you will see the visual references and it will be so much clearer in that space. Yeah. So this is a virtual background I created for an attorney. And if you notice, there are two intersecting lines that meet at my eyes. I'll walk you through. So I created the virtual background It looks like I'm sitting at a desk in a lawyer's office with a few books, uh, with his brand on the wall. It's a light colored wood paneled wall, horizontal paneling versus vertical paneling. But on the top corner, one top corner, I have the, the attorney's logo, his name and his logo. On the opposite diagonal, I have just a hint of a green plant. And if you connect the dots, you'll make a tic-tac-toe with my eyes directly in the middle of that diagonal. There's also another diagonal. I put in on a shelf, an empty shelf, uh, the legal, the, the balance, the kind of the, the, the image of law, uh, justice, her name is yes. justice. justice. Yes, justice with the balance of the, of the, of the scales. And then that's up my top right. But then if I go take the other diagonal on the other way, I have also another plant, which can catch your eye, or some blue law books. In other words, my eyes are now in the middle of a second diagonal, which makes a cross, Mm -hmm. an X, directly in the middle of the zoom box. So it's forcing you to look at my eyes. And you also have that beautiful pop of pink shirt that you're wearing. So it definitely has you standing out in the in the foreground. Right. So let's talk about clothing for a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, I just want to, again, bring up um, another visual for your for for those who are able to see this visually. So this is another example of a zoom makeover by getting the correct camera angle so your head is in the right place. Mm-hmm. But notice with 
she's in her storage room. This is a place in her house that she was relegated to. We created a really, an illusion of a lovely home office. And if you look, the top of the leaves, her dark, dark, dark brown eyes and dark eyebrows and the door handle create a diagonal. Wow. We've got one diagonal there that's causing you, again, to to look straight through that subliminal line right to her eyes. But notice the color of her clothing. It stands out in the foreground. And mind you, the bicycles are still in the storage room. Her storage shelves and boxes are still in there. You just don't see them. So this is making a few adjustments, moving the furniture, buying some lights, buying a plant, bringing some professional artwork, furniture in so that it really looks looks really top-notch professional. All right, let's talk about clothing for a little bit. Yes, and I, I think that clothing, there's so much. I love that we're talking about subliminal messages, right? Because there's, there's subliminal lines of directing the eyesight of the viewer. And there's something that I've been uh, speaking to my clients recently about is there's who you are and then who you're perceived to be. And ideally, you want them to match. Exactly. As I say to my clients, my image consulting clients, is I've been an image consultant for, I'm just going to say 20 plus years. And if we're doing color consultations, you want to wear the colors that really are your best colors so that you and your clothing walk in the room the same time. If you don't wear the right color clothing and you're like, oh my God, who's that? Look at that yellow thing walking in. Oh my God, it's Jojo. But you don't want you don't want people to say that. You want to say, "Wow, look at Jojo! Doesn't she look amazing in that color?" Versus, "Oh my God, look at that color walking in the room! It's Jojo! Oh, I didn't even see, I didn't even notice because the color over overpowering, yeah, overpowered her." So, so on Zoom. Okay, here's the lesson: hang tight. The camera picks up white and light first brings it to the foreground, and darkens everything else. So it's always a balance of light and dark. Light walls, dark walls, dark dark walls, light light clothing, dark clothing, light walls. Here's dark the skin, rule. Light, light walls, dark right. skin, brighter colors. Right. Basically, the rule is no white, no, bl- no white clothing, no black clothing. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. So white clothing will catch the eye of the camera first and it'll whiten everything. It'll whiten the whites and it'll darken everything else, even if it's not dark, just because it's almost like having too much light in the camera. It will, so it will auto darken. Mm. And the reason you don't want to wear white, not so much for that reason, is that not only will the camera, but the viewer's eye will look at the white first and not your eyes. You want people to look at your eyes and your face first, torso second. So don't wear white because that's where they'll look first. If you wear black, navy blue, dark brown, and you know, a lot of colors appear differently when you're on Zoom. Yeah. But if you wear black, you actually become a black hole. And your body language gets a little bit lost unless you have a perfectly white wall behind you. So I advise wearing solid colors. I 
advise staying away from large patterns. You can wear medium size to small patterns. It's okay. What you do not want, you do not want to wear plaids. You do not want to wear busy, busy plaid patterns. And for guys, guys, even though this is mostly women, but you never know who's going to be listening to this. 20% are men. I got, I got we got some princes who are being outstanding. You don't want to wear really thin striped shirts mm. because the camera cannot focus and in, in, in pixelate all the stripes. So what happens is you have what they call a moire effect. It almost looks like it's moving and the, the stripes are moving a little bit. Like it's vibrating. Mm-hmm. So best to wear solid colors that are different from the colors behind you. Mm. That's that's just basic rule of thumb. And it's like, oh, you've, you've eliminated now like half my wardrobe because I mostly wear white and black. Me too. I'm basically a black and white girl. So I have yeah. uh, my Zoom uniform. And this is actually one of my new uh, Zoom uniform blouses. And I'm just going to, a little, a little tip, just FYI. Uh, so as an image consultant, I shop with clients of all different budgets, all different styles. And I, a couple weeks ago, I went into Zara. So this is October of 2022. I went into Zara, which I don't normally shop there, but I went in and they have all of these solid colored, nice kind of tailored blouses and mostly polyesters, but they're, they have, this is like a satin blouse. They have different colors for different skin tones. And I'm like, outstanding zoo uniform. So I bought two. My client bought two other colors. Uh, they're just, because they're solid colored, easy peasy, wear it, you know, and um, it, it, it's just a little tip du jour. <laughs> Another tip that, that I think is important uh, for women uh, who are on Zoom is you want to show some of your your neck and your chest a little bit. So whether I have a blouse that's kind of in a V, a kind of open V, and Kimberly has more of a boat neck that's off one shoulder, one of the reasons you want to actually show some of your neck and your chest as opposed to wearing a turtleneck or some uh, like a round neck that's all the way up to your neck, again, it opens the eye to say, look, down my body at my body language it's mm -hmm. it opens it up whereas if everything were completely closed you it, it, it it's a little bit more like drawing a line in the sand we've got a head up here and some other color down there it, it's not it's not combining the head and the torso rest of the body it it helps with nonverbal communication and now that you bring that to mind, it, it does make so much sense. Like it really does. And I think that the the ability to see, because I, I know I have some clients who are like, but I have like a large chest or a smaller chest. And it's it's not about, I don't think it's the si about the size of your cleavage. It's about having that decolletage. I think that's what's called the, the, just the, uh, the, the neck and also being able to see the the skin and have that I think it also, for me, the, the subconscious perception is that openness. 
and said is is it's openness because when we immediately i felt the difference and again why you need to go watch the youtube version of this podcast because it's epic um you will feel the difference when shelly pulled her shirt up and around her neck like a turtleneck it definitely gave an impression of much more closed off and versus the nice looseness of the neck allows for you feeling a bit more rapport and that openness and connection. So I love the fact that you're bringing all of these little details, but like I said, masterful pieces. And I know that I know that you had a couple other things that you wanted to shift around this background, and I'm just so curious and itching to know what those things were. So looking, you she already moved multiple eyes. So we had horse eyes and we had a skull eyes that we turned so that we didn't have skull eyes staring at her. And and then there are some plants on one side. Would you have opened it out a little farther and like move that crate box over a little bit? Um, I would probably, first of all, I'd lower the larger plant down a little bit mm. so that we can create the horse head, your head, and the plant a little bit oh. more. And also bring that plant a little bit lower. Um, and I would actually bring the horse artwork a little bit higher higher oh so you create that you could even have it half out of the the zoom screen there's nothing wrong with actually having a portion of a piece of art showing you don't have to have the whole thing and so it looks like this perfect set uh that's not necessary what look what's necessary is that it's balanced mm-hmm. and there's no distractions that's mm-hmm. the most important yeah, the distractions, I, th- I I think the eyeballs was such an awareness piece of the distractions of eyes. What are like two or three other common distractions that you typically see? All right, I'm going to show you another clothing tip. Okay. Again, this is uh, for, for those who are watching visually, it'll have more impact. I'll try to walk it through. So if for those of you who wear like cardigans and jackets, even if it's like a hoodie that has a front closing that's front closing, you're going to wear something under it. My suggestion to you is to always, I'm going to show a little example using a piece of white paper, but if you wear a white tank or shell underneath it, what happens, I'm not even knowing what I'm doing over here because I'm not looking at myself. If you can see a little bit of white under, say you have a jacket and uh-huh. what happens is it forces your eye to look from my eye down my body. Because again, the camera picks up white and light. Now, if you had a black shell or black tank or t-shirt or top underneath, what happens is the opposite. Wait, I'm going to turn this around. So again, you have a cardigan, a jacket, and now your eye stops right here. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I happen to have this very, very bright fuchsia top on with uh, bad lighting now, but it forces your eye, even if I had this up a little bit, to stop at the top of the black shell mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it acts like a black hole. Again, the camera picks up white and light. So if you have white and light, it's going to bring it down dark, stops things 
in their tracks. If you have dark furniture behind you, if you have a dark bookcase, if you have dark books on your bookcase, it acts like a black hole. And I often tell people, let's rearrange your bookshelf, shelf by shelf by shelf, and get rid of those dark books. Sometimes you want to group colored books together. I also create that subliminal line by taking books from the outer side of your Zoom window, from tallest to shortest, with the shortest closest to your face. It acts like another subliminal line. If you stack your books or you place your books on your bookshelves behind you from tallest to shortest. Mm. And I think Shelly, it's oh, so brilliant. I just, I see, I see the work of, because we, we've, we're all very familiar with subliminal messages and we've heard of different types of subliminal messages and subliminal lines. Like, what is the message that your Zoom box is creating that's saying what you want it to say? Like ensuring that you are who you are and who you are being perceived as are going to be the same thing. And I think that that's why the work with you, Shelly, is so important. I mean, I've, I know I've sent a couple of clients to you already um, and definitely always will be sending you more because I, I, I love your detail. I love the attention to detail. I love how you explain why. And like, it's not just it's not just, oh, just wear this and don't wear that. And here's and, and not giving the reason. But as soon as you say why and you showed the demonstration between the white underlay and the, the black, you feel this difference of openness versus a little bit more closed off. And there is an actual perception that you can feel when things shift in the environment that you're creating in the screen, in the image. I mean, when you think of a movie, there's a reason why we have set dressers on movies. Like they don't just like throw something up and like shoot it. Like there are consistently messages in films being communicated so that every piece of that film is enhancing the story of what's being told. So is the story that's being told in your Zoom box, which we all are going to be on, let's face it, Zoom's not going anywhere, like that we're all going to be on for a while, is a story one that is communicating you standing in your power, owning your throne, really showing up authentically, and having that message be something that's very similar to how you perceive yourself to be. That's all about branding. How do you want to brand yourself? And what is branding? How people remember you. And if you walk the walk and talk the talk, people remember will remember you supposedly kind of coming and going. You know, you know, if you're walking the walk and talking the talk. So it's really, really important because sometimes, how many times have you like spoken to somebody and they have a great message but there's a real disconnect on how they show up on Zoom. Yes. Like they might be super brilliant and they have this horrible, maybe virtual background, or they just have, they're in a mess, you know, or they're home and they're, you know, like they're in their bedroom and they still didn't make their bed yet. And, you know, like really, like, and you really want me, you know, to give me a loan for X men, yeah, X men dollars or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, and you haven't made your bed behind you yet. Really? So, uh, so it's, it's about branding. And then kind of like once you decorate your home, it's kind of done. You, you know what needs to be done, 
how the flow goes and you can you could tweak it thereafter but once you get all these components situated and for my zoom makeovers i have this five-step process so we talk again we talk about camera and camera angle also what brand camera how would what are your settings on zoom how do you have it paired up what's your sound what's your microphone how do you have the settings so we so camera sound lighting background what color clothing works best on you and uh like i say zoom specific makeup but that maybe we'll save for another another time although there are some women that are just how do i do zoom makeup it's a little bit like stage makeup it's not the way you put it on on the street because you need more of it and what we're doing with the zoom specific makeup techniques is I'm trying to create a three-dimensional look on this two-dimensional platform. And that's why I try to create kind of a foreground, sometimes a mid-ground and a background so that it feels like we're more in a three-dimensional space as opposed to this two-dimensional platform, just so it feels more like you're sitting across the table having a conversation. Yeah, that's what I try to that's and you do it so expertly well, Shelly. Like it really, I've seen the transformations that you've had with my clients, and I know like, and I think that th- here's the other piece that I love that you bring to the table is you work with what you've got. Like I know one of my clients, she just moved, and so she's getting new furniture and she's getting things, but she doesn't yet have the furniture, and so you've got some things stacked on boxes and whatnot, but you're using what you have. And it's 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 what they call movie magic. I mean, like what I have, I got two apple crates, and and I just moved the the nightstand in order to approach it. And my that my desk is the bed, <laughs> but that but that was what I want had to use. And so I in this small Airbnb Airbnb that didn't have like an office area, so it doesn't have to be this expensive transformation thing. You don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of other things. I know a Logic Pro camera can run anywhere between 50 and 100 bucks. Um, so it can, it doesn't have to be a big expensive thing, but it the you can have the perception of expense, the perception of a wealthier perception when you look at how your branding is and how you're showing up and how you're remembered. Exactly. You know, and here's a simple, easy trick. Make sure you take a little cloth usually like an eyeglass cloth, and clean the lens of your camera. It makes a difference. Huh. Very oh. simple. I mean, it, who'd have thunk, right? You know what if not? There's difference, there's dust on it. You know, just clean the camera lens. You know, it's... Unless you want the Barbara Walters filter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take out just a few more wrinkles, you know? Yeah. So, Shelly, I... You are a testament to mastery. And I think so many, like one of the things I so admire about you, aside from just you walking the talk, is that 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 level of mastery that you've cultivated, which is actually surprising, like it's it's pretty rare that most people have a broad range of things that they're very, that they're, that they're good at, but they don't get really niche and focus on that, like those few things that they just absolutely expert in. And you are you go deep and it is it it is beautiful like the level of detail and it's not coming to me but you just have this level of depth in your knowledge that is absolutely 
amazing. And I, I send everyone I can to work with you who definitely needs a Zoom upgrade because there are many people. Uh, on the other hand, I'm actually flying to Denver uh, this weekend for a three-day wham van image overhaul for a new client. Amazing. For console, closet, shopping, uh, and then we'll we'll continue with the rest via Zoom afterwards. But it's going to be a, a three-day image overhaul. With I new love art. it. I love it. So lastly, Shelly, how do we work with you? How do we get to know you? I mean, aside from all the referrals that I direct your way, <laughs> how do how do we how do I mean, our audience come to work with you? Which I am it's been awesome meeting you and I love working with your clients. They're really awesome. Uh if you want to get in touch with me, uh you can find me my my website is Shelly Golden Style. Make sure you put the E before the Y in the Shelly. So it's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Shelly Golden Style. And if you want to email me, it's Shelly at ShellyGoldenStyle.com. And you can find me that way. If you can't remember my name, just Google Zoom Makeover and I will pop up because there's nobody else doing a Zoom Makeover. So I'm in. Thank you so much. All of the description for Shelly's details are in the description of this podcast, as always. So you can click on them, go work with Shelly, get your Zoom makeover, show up as the professional queen king that you are so that people see you as in that sovereign leadership role. Because you may have the best skills on the planet. You may be the best, most undiscovered secret for success. But unless people perceive you as being that authentic leader, that is where branding comes in. And so be, be the leader that you are. As always, my fellow sovereigns, catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. For more tips on guest podcasting, storytelling, and communication strategies, follow us on social media at Communication Queens Agency and visit us at communicationqueens.com. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. And in the meantime, remember, your story has the power to save one life. Let your story and your voice be heard.